Everyone joining us, welcome to the 2021 Summer Movie Blockbuster Tournament hosted by Back of the Cereal Box. I am your host for this room. My name is John Pike. I am the prophet of pop culture. You can call me Johnny. And I am the producer and host of Back of the Cereal Box, the flagship podcast on the Back of the Cereal Box podcast network, which includes seven shows. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook and iHeartRadio and Apple and Spotify and all of the places. And I want to introduce um, my partners in crime for this room tonight. Uh, first up, joining us as part of the Back of the Cereal Box crew for the first time ever is the one, the only, the superhero master of space and time, Drew Milden. Introduce yourself, Drew. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Johnny, for having me on. Uh, I am Drew. I am the host of the Drew vs. the World podcast, a podcast about bringing information for inspiration. Today, I am going to get to some of the wonderful movies we have out here. I can't wait. Super excited. You can listen to Drew vs. the World on anywhere you can listen to Back of the Cereal Box. It's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You heard the rest. Thank you again, Johnny. And back. Outstanding. And of course, joining us as a moderator is the boys of noise, the sultan of sound, my co-host on Saturday mornings, Sean Connors. Say hi. Oh, my God. Hey, what's good, everybody? I'm Sean. I'm the host uh, and executive producer of the 757 Renaissance Man and the Elvad Talk podcast. I am also a long, long, long lost nerd, and I'm just here to have a good time today. Outstanding. And joining us already in the room is Ryan Permissen. Ryan, introduce yourself to uh, our listeners in the Listening Lounge. Well, thanks for having me, Johnny. My name is Ryan The Quote. I am the host of multiple shows, multiple podcasts for our YouTube channel known as Nerd Culture. I host a podcast called The Nerdcast, which is an audio podcast, drops every week. New episodes where I talk about some of the latest movies I've had a chance to see, some classics, some modern, somewhere in between. And then the other thing I love to do is on Saturdays at noon Eastern, I do a talk show called And I Quote, where I interview content creators of all shapes, all sizes within the nerdy realm, whether it's writers, producers, artists, comic writers, comic artists, yada, yada, yada. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, yada, yada, yada. That is it. And thanks for having me. And happy Star Trek Day. Hashtag live long. <laughs> That's awesome. You're awesome, Ryan. I'm so glad you're here, man. So <clears throat> for all of those of you joining us in the listening lounge, feel free to raise your hand, come up on stage and uh, chat with us. This is being recorded. It is being recorded using Headliner, uh, their backstage application, and will be aired on the Back of the Cereal Box audio podcast uh, that you can hear on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. So uh, just be aware of that, that we are recording. And um, here's how this is going to work. Uh, Drew and I have been collaborating on this for a couple of weeks. We put together a list of movies, starting with Godzilla vs. Kong and, um, and uh, ending with the most recent blockbuster release, Shang-Chi. We thought that was a pretty good, wide breadth of films 
Uh, what, what is it, Drew? Was it 14 or 17 movies? 17. So we're going to... We're going to talk through them and uh, pit them against each other. So, Drew, if you would, just go down the list. All right. Today on the fight of the movie supremacy goes uh, Corella, Gunpowder Milkshake, Space Jam, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, The Suicide Squad, Raya the Last Dragon, King Kong vs. Godzilla, Reminiscence, Army of the Dead, Fast and Furious 9, Luca, The Green Knight, Mitchells vs. The Machine, Snake Eyes, Jungle Cruise, Free Guy, and then A Quiet Place 2, um, and I think that is all, Johnny. Outstanding, outstanding. So we're going to break this up into brackets. We're going to pit two films against each other, and... Um, our panel will decide on who the winner is. So, Drew, do you got something to keep notes with? Yes, I do. I have our handy-dandy bracket here in um, challenge.com. Outstanding, outstanding. So, uh, what is our first pairing? Okay, our first pairing is very close to my heart because I love these two movies very unconditionally um, and for different reasons. Um, we have Cruella and Gunpowder Milkshake. Cruella from Disney and Gunpowder Milkshake, a Netflix original. Wow. Okay, so this is a tough one for me because I loved everything about Cruella. And um, that was one of my daughter's favorite movies this year. We watched it together. She loved it. But Gunpowder Milkshake, if you guys haven't seen this movie... It basically takes the trope of John Wick, but does it better, in my opinion. Ryan, Sean, you guys want to weigh in on either of these? I saw Corella, and it surprised me. It was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I like the soundtrack was awesome. I think that has one of the best soundtracks of all the movies out this summer, Um yeah, I just I just think it was I think it was because I didn't know what to to expect. It's what made the movie so good for me. Outstanding, Ryan. Clearly, clearly, this list uh, has just given me even more homework to do because this just goes to show how much I've missed out on so far <laughs> this year. But of this matchup, I have seen one of the two. So because of that, I got to go with my girl Emma Stone. I got to go with Cruella. The soundtrack I will point out was in fact really good. The style of this movie when it was set in the time period that it was set in was styling and profiling like the Nature Boy. So I'm going with Cruella because I haven't. Oh, okay. So this one is hard for me, Drew. What's your? All right, I am going to go with Cruella as well, and for the same reasons that everybody's been saying. It was something that I didn't know what to expect. Disney has been doing a lot of prequels of um, old classics and adapting them into real time, real life. And they kind of been missing a mark, a.k.a. Dumbo. Um, but this for this one, Emma Stone, as always, is such a professional, such a great actor, actress. Um, and she really embodies the entire breadth of the Cruella character from us really theming her as a villain but seeing the path of why 
why she became so evil or why she took on the role or how she became the person she is. The best part of the movie to me is at the end. Um, and if nobody see, see it, I'm sorry for the spoiler, but at the end, they do a combination, um, basically do a preemptive strike for the actual 101 Dalmatians movies that really put a kiss, a chef kiss mwah, to the end of the movie. It was adventurous. It was, uh, I, I, I can't say much more. This is one of my favorite movies. I'm just going to hedge my best. One of my favorite movies of this year. All right, so <clears throat> you all make a great case, and especially since Ryan and Sean haven't seen Gunpowder Milkshake. Um, yes, the soundtrack is amazing. Yes, the stylization is fantastic. But you know what? I didn't think they they uh, cast Cruella as a villain at all. I thought they cast her as a hero, and I, I thought really kind of like Loki's variants – this created a whole new trajectory for the future of this character. I agree with you. And I'm going to take back my statement of her being a villain. Actually, she was kind of... The whole thing was, we know who Corella is, right? We know she stole the Dalmatians and she actually... Um, she was trying to make coats out of their fur from the original movies. Um, but we didn't know her backstory or how she became such a prominent first fashionista in the world of 101 Dalmatians and also what her background was. So really diving to, into that was so hyper important to me. And I really loved her. I mean, I was like, oh, wow, I can't believe this happened to her. I can't believe this happened to her. And every step of the way, she did it with, with style and grace. That fashion show when she, it's not a spoiler because it was in the, in the actual trailer, when she lit the dress on fire and she was the one in the red dress, I was like, Mwah! perfect, perfect. But Gunpowder Milkshake, um, I did watch that one as well. And it, it was an amazing movie. I would, I'm sorry, Johnny, I'm going to have to say I would take John Wick 10 times over other than Gunpowder Milkshake. And the only reason is because there was less of a body count and I'm more of an action adventure type of person. There's less of body count in Gunpowder Milkshake, but there is a better story, I think, in Gunpowder Milkshake, though. Um, so, yeah, I really loved it. I didn't ex didn't have any expectation of that movie either. And then when I saw, um, I forgot her name, um, the black, ah, man, Angela Bassett. A Angela Bassett with I the was, hammers. I was like, what is happening? She had the she had the shotgun, the hammers, and everybody had like a style that they had. And even the, 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 the sweet lady in the library, she had, you know, she had the chopper at the end. It was, you know, was the sacrifice of lamb. Yeah, that was uh, Gina. Um, uh, Gina, oh, what is her last name? That's going to drive me crazy. But yeah, uh, phenomenal movie. If you guys haven't seen it, check out Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix. And can we give a shout out to Angela Bassett for being in the action movie at age 63 years old? And she, oh, my God. Dude. Really? She's that old? And she looks fantastic. She took all of the girls, all of the women. Um, Michelle Yeoh. Um, man, yeah, she was badass. Age, man, some of these people just don't. Yeah. What, 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 what is that saying about... Uh, Black, about don't, black don't crack. crack. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> so, sounds like we're going with uh, Cruella in the first round. So, Drew, who's up in the second bracket? So, the second bracket, since we added one, I'm going to add this one as well. Um, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting pairing. It's a very action um, cartoony movie versus a horror movie, which is Space Jam versus Quiet Place 2. All right. So I, I've got to admit, I have not seen Quiet Place 2. However, I did see Space Jam. And I will tell you that I thought Space Jam was only adequate. Um the best parts of the movie were the parts without LeBron James when it focused on the animated characters. That stuff was brilliant. And I really felt like they really captured the spirit of the original Looney Tunes in a way that hasn't been done in a long time. But I have not seen Quiet Place 2. But based on the reviews from people I trust, I'm going to go... With the, I'm going to say Quiet Place 2 is probably the winner here, but I'm going to pass it to you guys. Drew, you go. So I saw both movies as well. Quiet Place 2, I have told you, Johnny, I'm not really a horror movie type person. And I really don't like the franchise, honestly, of Quiet Place, period. I didn't think they should have done a 2 after the first one. It's very dreary, very dark, um, not exciting, honestly. The premise itself of you have to be quiet or these monsters come and get you is like, blah. it's new, but not too new. I, I just didn't really like it as a horror movie as well as a movie in general. Um, Space Jam, I think, again, like you were saying, it gets a gentle nudge because it really took the, the, the identity of what Space Jam was and brought it to the modern era. I love the spate, the real like old school game kind of feel it had. It really reminded me of NBA Jams. Um, and that was why I would say I really enjoyed it. And then always seeing LeBron James very goofy and acting funny is always interesting to me. So I would give the slight nudge to Space Jam. But I do have a, you know, I have that whole thing. I don't really like horror movies and I don't honestly think they're pretty they're great so i give it to space jam sean what say you all right so i haven't seen a quiet place too i haven't had a chance to um i'm with drew i'm not sure if a sequel was necessary but with that same breath i'm not sure a sequel of space jams was necessary either what i did like about space jam <clears throat> excuse me i like don Cheadle's character I like the algorithm. I liked how they tried to bring the story into a modern um, time with, you know, the algorithm being the ultimate protagonist, which in my life, a lot of times it is. Um, I like the uh, showcasing the new and updated animation. I think that was cool, but I'm not sure if that movie was totally needed. And uh, I don't know. I'm an old school Michael Jordan fan, so. There's that too. So, so since you've not seen a quiet place too, your default vote is obviously the space jam. Yes, I could. It was entertaining. I could put up with it, but I'm not in a hurry to see it again. Gotcha. Ryan, you have any thoughts on this? 
Unfortunately, I haven't seen either film, but just because I saw the first Quiet Place, I absolutely loved it. I'm, I look forward to seeing part two, so I probably should abstain, but if I had to pick it, I'd probably just go Quiet Place 2, only because more familiar with the first one. And yes, I grew up in the 90s like everyone else did, greatest decade of all time. So That's Space the Jam 80s. Was, was fun. I know, whatever. To each their own. Um, <laughs> Space Jam was cool back in the 90s, but I didn't hear anyone on social media. I didn't hear anyone in, in the executive's offices thinking we need a sequel to Space Jam. Why? So I'm just going to default and say Quiet Place 2 because I'm more of a fan of that than, you know, Space Jam New Legacy. But that's a, but then again, I haven't seen either film, so I can't really say. But I'm just going to go Quiet Place 2. because. All right. So uh, I, I I think we uh, we have a tie here. Oh, it's a tie? I, I think so. Did you did you like Quiet Place? Did you think Quiet Place Two was more? Well, I I did not see Quiet okay. Place Two, but but the people I trust really really loved it, um, and I just wasn't thrilled with Space Jam. I, I just I I I really hated the way they painted LeBron James as a very uh, detached, obsessive father almost to the point of being abusive. I, I just, I didn't like that. It made me feel icky. That is a good point. It was a strange, it kind of, they kind of needed that so that he can be very hands-off so that his his kid could get sucked into the new universe. But I can understand where that was kind of, like, yuck. Yeah, but he, he, was, he was playing himself. If he really? had played a different character... Yeah, if if no no, what I mean is he was not playing a different character. He was supposed to be playing LeBron James as LeBron James. If he had been a completely different character, it might not have been so bad. So um, I, I'm I'm going to lean with Quiet Place, and I, I I think we have a tie here. Now, for those of you who are uh, listening down below in the listening lounge, Jamie. And Melissa and Dave, feel free to raise your hands or, or Nathaniel or Bailey. This is being recorded uh, for the Back of the Cereal Box podcast. But we would love anyone listening to join in. And we are going through the 2021 blockbuster movie season in a uh, in a Final Four type tournament. And um, so let's put a pin in that one, Drew. And, and we're, we're going to call that one... Uh, a tie until someone convinces us otherwise. Because okay. we have to have a winner to move forward. That's so right. How about, how about we do this? Um, for people in the listener lounge, um, we're going to do a little um, tryout here. If you think that against Space Jam and The Quiet Place 2, if Space Jam should win, please... Um, tap on the hand raising signal here, and then I'll clear it out, and then we could do a vote for Quiet Place. So everybody, raise the hand. Space Jam is the better movie than Quiet Place Two. Insert. So I saw one Hold vote. On, I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Now for everybody who thinks that Quiet Place Two should win against Space Jam, or is the better movie? Then Space Jam, please tap on the hand raising signal below. And you guys are just so prepared with.
All right, I think we have a winner here. I think it's Quiet Place 2. That's right. Good for you, Emily Blunt. We love you. <laughs> uh, and she's in two of the movies in the uh, tournament this this uh, this summer. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute. So uh, those of you who are listening, just going to reset the room for just a minute. Um, you got Johnny, Drew, and Sean, and Ryan. This is uh, Back of the Cereal Box, the 2021 Summer Movie Tournament. If you would like to contribute and share your opinions about any of the movies that we're talking about, please raise your hand and come on stage. All are welcome. So with that, Drew, it's time for round three. Round three. Um, And this is a battle, Johnny. This is going to be a good one because all your nerddom will be sucked into this one battle. It will be Black Widow versus Shang-Chi, the Battle of Marvel. Well, this one is actually pretty easy for me. I'm going to go with Shang-Chi. This movie was phenomenal. It was um, so entertaining. And it it, uh, set the stage for the Marvel Universe Phase 4 in such a great way that um, I really, really, really just... the, The Black Widow movie was good. It was adequate. I thought David Harbour really stole the show for me, and I know a lot of other people think that, um, uh, uh, is it Amelia Pugh um, stole the show? Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. And she was good, but, um, and, and the movie was good. It just wasn't great. And I thought Shang-Chi was great. I went and saw it three times last weekend. So... Um, I, I thought it was just fantastic. That's the winner, hands down, for me. Drew, what say you? So I'm going to have to go with Shang-Chi as well. Not knowing the source material, which I, now watching the movie, have been digging into it. And actually, maybe Friday or tomorrow, we'll be going and buying a bunch of comic books or books just to learn more about this character the whole story itself was really compelling really had me on the edge of my seat i the whole time was wondering about this kind of connection between father and son and you know me being a father and me having you know a strange um mother i mean estranged um father as well into my older years it really got me into my feels so it really gave a good light on the character really made me want to explore the character more so black widow like you were saying mm, yeah it's just it was kind of like a, a james bond spy movie that i didn't want to see um they honestly disney and marvel could have done without this one and just put it in maybe a 30 minute show or clip or something like that i wasn't entertained the entire time as i was for shang chi um and so my vote goes for saying she excellent Sean. all right so this is funny for me so black widow was a winner until um shang chi came out and i'm saying that without having seen shang chi because that weekend my daughter who is a non-marvel girly girly type 
14-year-old kid who could care less about Marvel came home raving about this movie. So because of that, I have to go with Shang-Chi. Outstanding. Outstanding. Ryan? Well, here, here's I'm planning on seeing I hopefully the plans will still stick together and not fall through. But I'm planning on seeing Shang-Chi this weekend, so I can't say anything about him. But I'm very much looking forward to it because people are raving about this film like it's a second coming. It's like the best thing ever made. It's like the best <laughs> thing sliced bread. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that just yet because I need to see it for myself and judge it on its own merits. But I liked Black Widow for what it was, even though it's 10 years too late. The movie really never should have been, you know, should have happened a long, long time ago and specifically focused yeah! on her. Exactly. She had focused on her origin story, her dealings with the, the what is it called, the, the Black Widow program, you know, the mind, wa- the mind wipes and all that crazy stuff instead of like being after all the other movies that come out. Hey, you're kind of pushing it here, pal. But I liked it for what it was. I had a good time with it. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I had some good action sequences. No, no question. Florence Pugh is the future of this business. She's the future of this company. I get that because she kicked tail and took some names in the biopic about wwe superstar page in fighting with my family just a few years ago so i wish her the best of luck moving forward with her young 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 career but yeah just because i haven't seen the second coming that everyone's calling shang chi as of yet i'm gonna have to go with black widow but only- all right and hey please welcome to the stage dave mattingly the smartest guy i know dave you got any thoughts on this matchup this pairing if i'm the smartest guy you know you need to meet more people <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, as as much as I uh, love ScarJo and uh, Rachel Weiss, hubba hubba, man, talk about Angela Bassett. Yeah, uh, Rachel uh, Weiss was smoking. Rachel Weiss. Oh yeah, God, man, she is in so many good stuff, and she just always sells it. And David Harbor. Oh my gosh, I would watch a a you know a fifteen hour movie uh, just spin off of David Harbor. You know, doing his Red Guardian and trying to fit into his costume or whatever. But uh, Shang-Chi just blows every movie of the summer away. It is it is the best thing to come out, I think, in several years. Yeah, and, you know, we don't want to have any spoilers for people in the listening lounge who have not seen it. But, Ryan, you're going to love this because it, it sets Shang-Chi up with the same power level as Captain Marvel, Thor or Dr. Banner, the Hulk, and um, clearly maps out the future of the MCU and the Avengers. And um, it, it, for me, it was it was the best movie of the uh, MCU since, well, the best, the best introduction of a character into the MCU since Iron Man, the first movie. It was, it was that, that strong, it was phenomenal. So Drew, I think uh, I think the consensus is pretty strong that Shang Chi is the winner. Shang Chi advances to the next round. Dave, you had something more to say about that? Yeah, I would say that uh, uh, rather than comparing it to Iron Man as uh, previously the best uh, intro, I would say that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was the best character intro. All right, I wasn't a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, but what? I can see that. Yeah, I, I just. We're, Johnny, you and me both, man. I am not. What? Well, see, there we go, Ryan. Uh, we'll have to talk about that another time. Because now it's time for bracket number four. Bracket number four goes to, um, again, two movies that I actually enjoy. But it might be, 
a struggle here um, because one that I want to win might not win. But the two that against each other will be the Suicide Squad and Rhea the Last Dragon. All right. So both of these movies I have a lot of mixed feelings about. Um, Because both of them were good for what they were. But neither one of them blew me away. And I know everyone is talking about The Suicide Squad is like DC Films Redemption and, you know, thank God for James Gunn. But I just, it was just okay to me. The best parts were Harley Quinn. And I could have watched an entire movie again of just Harley Quinn. Um and Raya the Last Dragon was good. It had a lot of funny moments. Animation was flawless. Um, the protagonist was, you know, cool and interesting. And the premise was good. But that's all it was, is good. It just didn't blow me away. So, between these two movies, because I'm not a big fan of rated R films or a lot of gore and blood, which the Suicide Squad was filled with, I'm going to give this one to Raya the Last Dragon. I'm Johnny, I'm done. So, Johnny, I 100% understand your sentiments. Um, I think that Raya, compared to a bunch of um, other movies that have come out for Disney, cartoon animated movies, it kind of is better than that, but like you were saying, it's blah. Um, the Suicide Squad I really loved and I think why people are saying like Ryan was saying about Shang-Chi is that it's the second coming is because it's been a lot of turds put out on the DC side definitely Justice League Snyder Cut Um, and when this came out there was more of a I think more of a funny Guardians of the Galaxy-esque kind of personality towards it because it was goofy, it was funny, it was very, like, in your face. And I can see Idris Alba playing a villain any day of the week. It's not part of this bracket, but Hobbs and Shaw, when he was... He said, I'm basically, like, a... I forgot what he said, but he was a villain in that movie, too. Black Superman, and he just was screwing everybody up. I was like, ma ma ma. I really love Idris Alba. Um, as a villain, and he took over the space for me a little bit more than Holly Quinn. She had the funny punchers, but I'm going with Suicide Squad on this one, um, just because of my man Idris Alba knocking it out the park. Now, I will agree with you on Hobbs and Shaw. Man, what a great movie. Completely unrealistic. Um, everyone died like five times in that movie, if it were in real life, but it was a lot of fun. And he was great as the villain. All right, Sean, you got to pick on. I do. And the crazy thing is because I think the right, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I think the winner is Raya, even though I haven't seen Raya. And I attempted to watch Suicide Squad twice, but do not remember the end of it because I fell asleep both times. I did like the little scene with uh, John Cena and Idris Elba walking through the village. I thought that was pretty cool, but that was like the highlight of it. I wish I wish that they would stop making DC films 
unless they go back to where the first Suicide Squad left off and give me the Harley Quinn and Joker movie that should have been made. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, that's fair. Ryan? Interesting opinion, Sean. Interesting. But anyway, yeah, I haven't seen either one of these films, and I really have little to no desire to ever see either one of them because it goes back to the James Gunn thing. Not a fan of his work, particularly. And maybe because I haven't seen enough yet. But anyway, Ray of the Last Dragon. Uh, this whole thing about dragons. Everyone likes dragons. I don't get it. I don't get the obsession. I never will. Dragons are cool, man. I, I don't get it. I, I'm like I'm like Tom Hanks. I'm raising my hand in the room. I, I, I still don't get it. Yep. I, mean, I don't get it. So I'm going to abstain from this one. But hypothetically, hypothetically, if I had to pick, only because I'm just not a James Gunn fan, sorry to the Marvel lights or the DC lights that like his films, I'll go with Rhea. But, but other than that, I probably have to abstain. Dave, do you have any thoughts on this? Suicide Squad to the death. Yeah, they, it, it is just uh, so much fun. I don't like splatterpunk stuff uh, either, John, but I just had a blast throughout. It was like right at the edge of as much gore as I can handle. And, uh, you know, more profanity than I like, but it was very fun. And I, I thought it was, uh, uh, actually, it was like probably all of the surviving characters had their own story arc individually. And seeing, you know, Ratcatcher 2, a.k.a. Evil Squirrel Girl, you know, she was a blast. And King Shark, oh, man, you know, it's, it's a total, you know, CGI thing uh, from Stallone, but, you know, uh, he was a blast as well. And, you know, a, a whole lot of fun in there if you're looking for it. And I I didn't catch it, but I, I heard that there is a an Easter egg reference in there tying this to the same James Gunn superhero universe that Super was in shut up crime i didn't know that either i'll have to do, do some r.i.p to the weasel or not so right now we have suicide squad 2 and raya the last dragon 3 um well but sean 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 hasn't seen raya and ryan abstained so we do you want to set it down to the listener lounge yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's have folks raise their hands. So if you, um, it's basically two to two is is what it is. So uh, if you think that uh, Ray of the Last Dragon is the winner in this bracket, raise your hand. Click the uh, raise your hand icon. I probably shouldn't be on stage right now, considering the fact I haven't seen a major- vast majority of these. That's all right. You can still contribute. I will do my best because I have seen a few of them, but I definitely have not seen all. That's all right. If, if you want to pass, if you haven't seen it, you, you just say so. All right. We had no votes for Rhea. So uh, if you think the Suicide Squad is the winner in this matchup, raise your hand. Click that raise your hand icon at the bottom of the screen and let us know. And the audience has spoken. It is the Suicide Squad, Drew. Yes. <laughs> That's hysterical. So our winners so far are what? Run down the winners of the first bracket so far. The winners of the first bracket goes as follows. Space Jam, Cruella, Sang-Chi, 
and the Suicide Squad. All right, excellent. So for those of you who are just joining us, we're going to reset the room just a little bit. We are running down the uh, 2021 movie uh, summer season and uh, doing it tournament style to find an ultimate winner. We're going to narrow it down to four, and then we're going to let our audience on Facebook vote on the ultimate winner. So with that, Drew, round five, who is our Next matchup is Monsters versus another movie I haven't seen. Um, King Kong versus Godzilla um, versus Reminiscence. Oh, this one's easy for me. Um, So it's definitely Godzilla versus King Kong. That movie was what movies were made to be. It was the kind of movie that you have to see on the big screen. You have to have the popcorn. It is just, it is nonstop fun. And it ties in all of these other elements of pop culture, like the hollow earth and, you know, uh, multi-dimensions. And it, it was just phenomenal. I, I love this movie in every way, shape, and form. Um, the the other film is... Um, what is it, Drew? I don't even remember what it is. Reminiscence. Uh, so Reminiscence tried its best to be a Christopher Nolan movie. It tried its best to be Inception or The Prestige or um, Tenant, and it just didn't make it. It wasn't a bad movie. It just, I, look, I couldn't even remember what the matchup was here. Um, it's just not very, I, I just didn't think it was creative enough. Um, there was not enough backstory to understand the the world that we were in, how it got to be what it was. And um, it, it was just, for my money, it was just way too straightforward and predictable. And so my vote is obviously Godzilla versus King Kong. King Kong versus Godzilla. Godzilla versus King Kong. I'm taking them. I didn't even see that movie. Didn't want to see that movie. Reminiscence or whatever it's called. Not in my zeitgeist. So you know, how can you beat two monster legends battling it out in the, on the um, silver screen? It, it doesn't get any better. I'm going to go so far as to say it was the, it, it is my favorite Godzilla movie ever. And I've seen them all. I'm a huge Godzilla fan. And this one was just, it was, it was, I, I hope they never make another one after this. Because they can't, they can't do it any better. Sean, any thoughts on this matchup? Godzilla versus, I mean, King Kong versus Godzilla all day. I mean, it takes me back to Saturday afternoon watching old Godzilla movies at where I'm supposed to be cleaning up the house. Yeah, you came, and it, it was modern. And one of the lead characters was a podcaster. Come on now. That's right. That's right. He was. Ryan, any thoughts on this matchup? Sorry, I got a little caught up there. Uh, so, <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong. I was jacked up. I was fired up. I was adrenaline up, fired up to see this movie. 
So excited to see it. Two of the big, the two biggest titans in the universe beating the living heck out of each other. I wanted to see blood. I wanted to see sweat. I wanted to see tears. I wanted to see a giant axe with lightning bolts casted into it with Kong trying to chop Gojira's head off or chop Gojira in half. Unfortunately, unfortunately for this movie, it suffered greatly because of a couple of things. The human story is something that people complain about, but all four of these new MonsterVerse films that Warner Brothers has been pointing out. The human story didn't bother me in the first three, but the human story in this installment of this franchise, Godzilla vs. Kong, was horrendously bad. It was terrible, could have done so much better, could have done so much more with these actors who come from you know big shows, big movies, big highlights, like Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. You give him five minutes, what are you doing to yourself? Have you not heard the saying, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose? I implore you to look that up on Peacock, my friend. But aside from the battle sequences that I did enjoy in Godzilla vs. Kong, I, I wanted more. This movie to me was a somewhat of a big letdown. I liked parts of it. Some things worked. A lot of it didn't. A lot of it didn't. Including the human antagonists that were powering, spoilers, Mega Gojina. So I wanted more. And I didn't get it. So with Reminiscence being panned and being thrown in the garbage heap, I'm still going to watch it because it's Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman is Hugh Jackman. He's, he's the man. One of many. So I'll give that movie a shot somewhere down the line. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know why. I don't know when. But whatever. I'll get to it later. But Godzilla vs. Kong, only because I've seen the movie. I liked parts of it, but I didn't like all of it. I'm going to give this one to Godzilla vs. Kong, even though it was a lot disappointing, somewhat of a big letdown, even though... Round three fight at the end of the movie was good stuff. And I've heard, you know, little birdies have told me that they are going to make another installment of this franchise. So the MonsterVerse from Warner Brothers is far from over. If that's the case, if you're going to put a human story in there, make it better. And also, give me more fights. I want to see more blood. I want to see more sweat. I want to see more tears in that ring. Ryan, how do you really feel about it? Um, that is how I feel. Well, I'm with this one. I'm with this one, Ryan. I think you just take out the humans all together and just fight for an hour. And well, a half. and I'll be good and, with that. And that is kind of the the tradition of Godzilla movies. And Dave, you you probably are nodding your head in agreement. The human elements in Godzilla movies traditionally have been very secondary, if at all, even necessary. The the best. The best rendition I've seen of that wasn't uh, literally a Godzilla movie. It was Pacific Rim. I thought they did a wonderful job in that one of mashing the giant monsters and the humans and making both stories work. Uh, but for my vote here, uh, big win. All you right. I got to go back to like what we were talking, like what I was saying about Saturday mornings. I was watching Japanese versions of Godzilla, had no idea what the humans were saying because it wasn't about them. It was all about Godzilla and kicking butt. Someday, Sean, we're going to have to have an episode just to talk about our favorite of the Godzilla series. But um, we're we're about halfway through this first round, and Drew, we might have to to continue this into another uh, another room, but. Um, I think uh, our big winner for this round is Godzilla versus King Kong. Yes, got it. All right, next round. Next up, a very super-powered round of um, zombies and cars. 
Army of the Dead versus Fast and Furious 9 or Family. All right. So I have not seen uh, Fast and Furious 9. So as a matter of fact, the only movie of the entire franchise I've seen is Hobbs and Shaw. Then you've seen Fast and Furious 9. Okay. So <laughs> I, I kind of suspected that. Um, however, I did see Army of the Dead. Um, and I saw it because uh, it had a feeling, it, it felt like Scott Snyder was going to do um, kind of a, uh, a return to that, that style and aesthetic of Sucker Punch, which I loved. Um, but that that's not what this movie was. And at the end of the day, it was pointless. Everything these characters did had no point and were, was completely meaningless. And so for that reason alone, I'm going to give it to Furious 9. Drew? Wow, Johnny. Um, I love Fast and Furious movies because I am a car junkie at heart. I love to see everything explode and blow up. And like everybody always says, during Fast and Furious 9, the body count might be more than John Wick because of all the destruction they do in the city. Um, but I loved Army of the Dead for some reason. I love fast moving zombies, zombies with you know different types of abilities and ideas and creations and families and all that stuff. Zack Snyder did a good rendition of the Army of the Dead here. And hey, Batista, man, keep on acting. I think you're you're building up your career, you're building up your acting skills. And the story of him being that person was very like cartoon gamey to me. They just like circled the drain on that one, but everything else was pretty good. But I'm gonna have to Give it to Fast and Furious 9 on this one, unfortunately, because it just, they went in space, man. They went in freaking space. Can't beat that. All right, now I really want to see it. <laughs> Sean, your thoughts on this? Okay, so I think that the Fast and the Furious is the most greatest incredible incrediblest stuff that you can incredibly do ever 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 again ever like they slingshot a car into space like you were saying a car into space like you can't get it's nothing else that they can do they've done it it, it was to the point like it didn't even matter i didn't i don't know who we were fighting i don't know who the bad guys are all i know is the cars are chasing it's cool you're knocking over stuff but it was the most incredible, incredible stuff to the point where it was so unrealistically incredible. It was incredible. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Warner Brothers. So hopefully I'm hearing that this is the last. And if it's the last, then I can kind of give it that. But it's, it's no more story left in it at all. It, you've you've taken the cars to the ultimate limits. It's more than just a street racing movie at this point. Um, please don't make any more, but I have to get a vote to Fast and the Furious. If you think they're not making a Fast and Furious 10, sir, you are 
very much mistaken. They have to make F10. That it- yeah, I'm going to have to go with you on that one, Drew. They, they have to at least make it an even number, right? Ryan, Dave, your thoughts? Well, well for me, I look, uh, I think some of the Fast and Furious movies are great. The rest can go in a trash heap for all I care. Because for me, the franchise ended perfectly in my eyes with Fast and Furious 6. And then when 7 came out to honor the memory of Paul Walker, that was good stuff. But for me, that's when the franchise lost all of its luster, went down the tubes. No offense to the tribute to Paul Walker, good stuff. But Fast and Furious, you're done. You're, you're done. You're, you were finished. Exactly. Thank you. You hit your peak at Fast and Furious 6 when you got The Rock and, and someone else who I know is in Hollywood prison right now, but we won't get into that. But, like... That movie was awesome-tacular in my eyes. But anyway, I'm going to have to abstain from this one. I haven't seen either film, nor do I care to see Fast 9, because like I said, it ended for me with Fast 6, because Fast and Furious 6 is awesome sauce, and no one can tell me differently. And what was the other film in this matchup? It was Fast 9, and what was the other one? Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead. Okay, haven't seen it. Not sure if I ever will see it. It's Zack Snyder, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, I, li- I like Zack Snyder to a, f- to a point, but I don't know if I want to watch gore and horror and zombie movies. I'm sorry. So I'm going to have to abstain from this, Your Honor. These are the facts of the case. In the- but, Ryan, I think, like, if you're ever in a mood and you want to see a great action movie and you don't want to think, then you should go ahead and give Fast 9 a chance. I'm sorry, man, but my, my ticket got punched at Fast and Furious 6. I have those on Blu-ray. That's it. I'm done. I can't do it. One, two, three, five, and 6 are the best. Everything else can go. But, Ryan, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> uh, oh, my God! Well, since he brought up the movie. Uh, I think both are fairly mediocre. Uh and uh, I kind of agree with Ryan that uh, Fast and Furious is, is well past its expiration dates. But I do love the idea, though, uh, the suggestion somebody came up with, that uh, if they make a 10, it should be called Fast 10, your seatbelts. Uh, but between the two... Oh, my God. <laughs> that was too easy, and I missed it. Oh, yeah, I mean, Don't you want to just end your franchise on a dad joke? Come on. Uh, but between the two... Uh, I, I think Army of the Dead was more interesting than Fast and Furious 9. Interesting. So it's uh, it's uh, three to one on that one. So uh, sounds like uh, Fast 9 is the winner. Fast 9 when it sneaks it out and races to the next round. Uh, next round um, is... Um, two movies, uh, one movie is very, they're very opposite of each other. So the movies are Luca and the Green Knight. All right. So I just watched Luca last night and, um, it's a, it's a fine film. It's a great family feel good movie. <clears throat> it is basically, um, it, it is basically a, a mashup of, Splash, and um, and uh, Huckleberry Finn, the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Um, it's it's great Pixar. It just again, it didn't blow me away. However, the Green Knight was completely different than what I expected. 
I am a huge fan of the Arthur myth, the, the Arthurian legends. And, uh, you know, the, the trailers for this movie painted it as if it was going to be this epic action adventure. And it's not. It is really a psychological drama about what it means to be a hero or what it means to uh, to live up to a commitment and an expectation to be something. And I left the theater thinking, I don't know if I like this movie or not. But it was one of those movies that was like an earworm. I can't stop thinking about it. And at the end of the day, when a movie, you know, burrows itself into your brain like that, and you continually come back to it and can't stop thinking of it, that makes it great, in my opinion. And so, for me, Green Knight, hands down. So, we are kindred spirits in the love Arthur movies or TV films. One of the things that we can't speak of, because it's not a movie, but blew me away this summer is a show called cursed on netflix it kind of cursed was epic it cursed. was so good it kind of resembles the green Knight a little bit because i thought of it was going to be very centric on king arthur and everything like that but they played a good spin on it but the green knight to my eye was very good and like you said it was really just different from the regular King Arthur gets the sword, he pulls it out the rock, and now he's a king. It had a better backstory and theme to it, which I enjoyed. Luca, I hated, hated that movie. I This was one of the movies that I wish Disney would and Pixar would have never came out with. That movie was garbage, and so I give it to the Green Knight all day, Sean, any thoughts? I haven't seen either one of them, but both of you guys with um, Loving the Nights, with uh, I got an interest, interesting piece of trivia. I grew up in a neighborhood called Camelot, and all of our streets are named after the Knights, and my buddy lived off of Sir Gwen. Um So with that said, I'm going to be watch, probably watching The Green Knight within the next couple of days. Um, but I haven't seen either one of them. So we're going to, we're going to talk about the Black Knight with Marlon Lawrence. We have to at least touch upon that a little bit, Sean. But we'll, we'll talk about another. <laughs> I was going to say, Dave, you have any thoughts? Uh, yes, it's going to the Green Knight. I give it a four seconds. Oh, yeah! That's great. Ryan. Oh boy, the commentary is great. Um, I'm going to have to abstain from this one because I haven't seen. All right. Well, I think the clear winner is the Green Knight, which makes me really happy. It does, honestly. Again, I, if I hate it, Luca, hated it. Yeah, I mean, basically, if they cast uh, Splash with. Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, that's what Luca was. Okay, the Green Knight advances. It's true. You only hated it because you uh, 
uh, you didn't watch uh, The Sword and the Valiant uh, with Sean Connery as the knight. You know what? That's one that I have never seen, Dave. I thought I'd seen every uh, Arthur legend movie or TV show. Now, doggone it. Now you've given me homework. So, Johnny, do you remember the King Arthur cartoon show that they had that came on? Have you seen, have you seen that? Uh, maybe. When was that? That had to be in, like, the 80s or 90s. Um, I'll look it up. But back to our regularly scheduled program. Um, next up. So, The Green Knight advances. Next up is um, two different movies as well. Um Mitchell versus, versus the machine, the Mitchells versus the machine and snake eyes. Oh, this one's so easy for me. Mitchell's versus the machines hands down. This was made by the same studio that did Spider-Man into the uh, spider verse. It is an original story. It is so original. It hurts. The protagonist, Katie, is a character that I relate to on so many levels. Um, and just the the whole family dynamic, the father-daughter relationship was phenomenal. And Snake Eyes was such a sharp, distant departure from the source material that I, I just, I didn't even recognize the Snake Eyes character. There was nothing redeeming about Snake Eyes at all. He was not noble. He was he was he was the bad guy. And and it was not a good Snake Eyes origin movie. It was a better Storm Shadow origin movie. But even that made no sense to me that Tommy, this this hero, this respected leader of his clan, would be ejected for Snake Eyes's uh treachery and betrayal and snake eyes would be accepted and made the, I, and and then because of that tommy would just take up the first offer to join cobra he's given instead of fighting to redeem himself and take it no it just did not work for me so i'm gonna have to hedge my bets on this one too Mitchell, the Mitchells vs. Machine was one of my favorite movies, again, of the year. And I hope the two movies that I love go against each other so it can be a battle in my brain. But I would say that you have to put respect on Danny McBride's name after this movie. He did such a great voice acting role in this one. Um, and Snake Eyes, it was okay. Um, it really kind of gave me uh, Mortal Kombat feels uh, and vibes, which... Not wasn't a big fan of the most recent Mortal Kombat, so really enjoyed um, the Mitchells and Machines, and it was one of the if if I think one of the first movies that came out during the summer, and I've been watching it probably every two weeks ever since because like you're saying it's not a play on any other story that I've ever heard of, but it really ties into family technology and what we all know is going to happen of our ultimate doom in um, the robots taking over the universe. So I really love Mitchell's Machine. I'm giving it to that 100 um, robots over. Outstanding. Sean, you have an opinion on these two? And by the way, while Sean is composing his thoughts, anyone in the listening lounge, you're welcome to raise your hand, come up, and uh, contribute as well. So take it, Sean. <sighs> okay. 
<laughs> so um one of my favorite favorite franchises of my childhood was G.I. Joe. Favorite, bar none. Like I was a G.I. Joe Transformers guy. That was what I did. That's what I loved. When Snake Eyes, when I saw Snake Eyes, I guess I wasn't paying attention to social media. Because when I saw it, I was like, hmm, that's an interesting name for a movie. That could, you know, it would be nice if that was a G.I. Joe movie. I just clicked play. And then I started watching it and realized it almost was a good G.I. Joe movie. And if you look at the history of any um, G.I. Joe movie that we've ever had, they've all sucked. Every single one of them, except for the animated one. So to me, this is the best live action G.I. Joe movie, but that's not a hard, um, it's not a hard goal to beat. Um, I thought it was interesting. I liked that they picked a character like Snake Eyes. I just think that it missed the mark in a couple places, but it was mildly entertaining and brought me back to my um, childhood. And now I have toys I have to buy because of Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. I will tell you that Snake Eyes figure from the new G.I. Joe line is unbelievably good. It's very cool. But I will just say this about Snake Eyes. Larry Hama has got to be, like, out of his mind angry about what they did to his character in this movie. That's all I got to say. Dave, any thoughts on uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines versus uh, Mitchell's Machines isn't as good as Spider-Verse, but it is still crazy darn good. Ryan, any thoughts on your side? Haven't seen other. Well, I think that winner is pretty clear, Drew. Uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. And, and, and I will agree with you, Drew, that it is... just a little bit butthurt that Snake Eyes didn't make it. But I will I, say that... I have digital Tourette's. <laughs> I will say that uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines, Drew, like you, is my favorite movie of 2021 so far. It's it's phenomenal. I, I love that movie. And uh, hey, I want to welcome Michelle up to stage. Michelle, welcome to uh, our 2021 summer movie tournament. Hi. I okay. I just seriously. I I. I'll be honest. I came up because I had to ask Sean. Sean, was that seriously? Um. Uh. You know those little wonky kids from that one cartoon show. South Park. Yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That show guys, is... This is a song I just wrote. It's called "I Hate You Guys." <laughs> oh, I love that show. Carmen is my spirit animal. Oh yeah, I, I hate you guys so much. And, oh, and that's that funny. Question: I will put myself back in the audience. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming up, Michelle. Glad to have you. 
So what, while Michelle's going back to the audience, we'll reset the room just a little bit. Uh, we are talking about 2021 summer movies in tournament style. And Drew, it is very obvious that we're not going to get through this whole list. Um, we're not going to get down to four tonight. So what we'll do is we'll get through this first round and we'll do this again next week uh, for round two. And that should get us to our four. And then we'll let our audience vote on it on Facebook. Sound sound good to you? Sounds. So we, uh, what do we have? We have one more or two more brackets. One more. All right, hit it. Actually, actually, we have two more. But <laughs> but the the people the next round against each other is Jungle Cruise versus Free Guy. Two of my man crush Mondays. So, listen, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the peak of human perfection. I th- I could watch him in anything and and be entertained. But I and I liked both of these movies a lot. I thought they were both really well done, very clever, uh extremely well written, well acted. Um but I'm going to give the edge to Jungle Cruise because the chemistry between Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt was off the off the walls good. It was just off the charts good. Um, they they were fantastic together, and I am a fan of the genre that we call diesel punk, which is the uh, style and aesthetics of the twenties uh, through the forties mashed up with science fiction and fantasy. And this movie was maybe the the new quintessential diesel punk movie in the same vein as uh, The Rocketeer, Captain America, The First Avenger, Indiana Jones, The Mummy. This was so much fun for me, and I loved every minute of it. It had me smiling from beginning to end. So I'm going with John. Okay, so The Rock is one of my favorite wrestlers and one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, his transition to acting has been prolific, as we all know. Um, but Ryan Reynolds, golly, he has evolved in su- to such a massive height as a comic draw, um, a movie that literally... Not a lot of movies do like this, right? It was a comedy. It was very spacey. It was very game-oriented. It really hit me in, again, the feels. I loved Free Guy so much because of the different way that they kind of showed the gaming world. Um, And then also how Ryan Reynolds was really a jokester and very candid and very funny, as he always is. And... It was just it was just fun. I laughed from literally beginning to end with the one liners and his very like uh very like um low demeanor. He was such a good person in this role. I really loved that movie, so I'm gonna give it all to Free Guy. Love Jungle Cruise in real life, love to go on that ride, but just didn't hit the mark for me as far as these movies concerned. Not saying that it wasn't a great movie because again it was a great movie from beginning to end but i would squeak away with free guy winning 
Sean, have you seen either of these? You gotta. I haven't in. seen Free Your Eye, but The Rock, Disney, can't go wrong. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But um, Ryan, Dave, either of you uh, want to weigh in? I like Free Guy a lot, but I have not yet seen Jungle Cruise to uh, compare. Oh, no. Oh, we might be at a stalemate here. Ryan? Okay. I haven't seen either film, and I'm not a really big Ryan Reynolds fan because he plays the same character in all his movies for the last 15, 18 years. So he's basically Deadpool, and that doesn't fly with me. Uh, The Rock is The Rock. He's one of the best in the business, one of the best in the world. Yeah, that's right. One of the best in the world. That's right. And Emily Blunt is one of the best actresses working in the business today. So I can't say what film would have won because I haven't seen either one. But, yeah, I'm going to have to abstain from this one. But I have The Rock. One of his promos is used in the intro to my own show. So that just proves how electrifying The Rock is and, and, and ever will be. So, But aside yeah, from that, yeah. I'm going to – Exactly. Thank you, studio audience. So for that, I'm going to have to – so, Sean, did did you see both, or did you just uh, love just, Jungle Cruise? I, I saw Jungle Cruise, but I haven't seen Free Guy, no. So, basically, Drew and I are the only two who have seen both movies. So, that kind of puts us at a tie, Drew. Um, and we got a couple of people in the listening lounge, so let's uh, throw it to them. Um, if, if you guys think Jungle Cruise is the winner, raise your hand. Click the, uh, hand icon down at the bottom right. Uh Uh-oh. I got a bad feeling about this. Oh no! All right. So those of you, in I the see l- y'all. I see y'all rock paper scissors for it. Well, it, we might have to in a minute. So those of you in the audience, if you think Free Guy is the winner, click the uh, raise your hand icon at the bottom right. So our wedding would that be Dwayne Johnson rock paper? <laughs> it's good. Oh my god! That guy is quick with that wit. Yes, he is. He's quick with the death. Hey, Dave, I'm glad you caught on to my reference I made earlier on. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So nobody raised their hand for either one. So, Dave, here's here's what we're going to do. Um, you're you're going to help us break the tie. Um. Think think of a number between uh, one and ten, and Drew and I, whichever one of us chooses the one that you're thinking of closest, that'll be. Eight. I don't trust this. Your images and Johnny. I don't trust. Them. <laughs> I, I go with eight. What do you say, Drew? Drew is closer. So uh, uh, Drew's choice is the winner, although, Johnny, you did pick uh, A.M. Rivers in the audience. Ah, how did you know that? We're best friends. Really? 
That's fantastic. Well, welcome, A.M. Rivers. Glad you're listening along with us. So, Drew, your pick one, man. It breaks my heart a little bit. I like that movie a lot. As it should. And how dare you, Ryan? Ryan Reynolds is a trick. Not really, unless you count the two movies he did well in, which is definitely... Actually, Ryan, this this movie was really good. Um, It it might change your... Because it changed my opinion of Ryan Reynolds. All right. That brings us to our last matchup. Last but not least, um, a matchup that was created um, from our last, uh, our first bracket. It will be The Quiet Place versus Cruella. Oh, I'm going with Cruella. Same. Easy. Cruella for me. Dave, Ryan, any other commentary on that I didn't think either movie was necessary but between the two mm, fair point fair point because I didn't hear anyone online you know crying for a Cruella prequel Elseworlds tale whatever it was but just because I've seen one of the two unfortunately I'm just gonna have to go with Cruella on this one because I haven't seen Quiet Place 2 even though I would much rather watch Quiet Place 2 than watch Cruella all over again despite my love That's interesting. <laughs> I think we just learned a little bit too much about you, Ryan. But anyway, um, so Drew, uh, Cruella takes it again. So what? run down our winners in this first round. Winners of the 2021 Summer Movie Tournament round one um, goes to Cruella, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, The Suicide Squad, King Kong vs. Godzilla, Fast and Furious 9, The Green Knight, Mitchells, The Mitchells versus The Machines, and my personal favorite, Frank. Wow, that is quite the lineup right there. So we're going to do this again next Wednesday at uh, 7 o'clock, and um, we'll go through this second list, and we will narrow it down to the uh, final four. And... Um, that is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you, Sean. You are the best, my brother. And for all of those of you listening along, please feel free to continue to be a part of the conversation. You can catch us online on Facebook in the Saturday Rec Room or at Back of the Cereal Box. Check us out at backofthecerealbox.fun. And you can uh, send us an email or post a comment. Let us know what you think about our winners and what, uh, what to look forward to going forward. So with that, guys, we're going to uh, call it a night and uh, close down the room. Thank you all for being with us. This is Johnny, Drew, Sean, and on behalf of Ryan and Dave... Thanks for listening along. Love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the flip side. (laughs) 
All right, friends and foes, that wraps it up for another great week. If you like this episode, make sure you share it with two or 300 of your closest friends and family. And don't forget, if you want to see what we were talking about, you can watch us by subscribing on YouTube or liking the Facebook page. And you can join the discussion even after we've gone off the air by joining our Facebook community at the Back of the Cereal Box Virtual Rec Room. Drop us an email. Let us know what you think. Or send us a voice recording right here on the podcast, and we will address your comments on air, and that would be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, guys and gals. Until the next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>